It's 9.30 in the morning. If you just woke up and looked around you right now, what time of day would you say it was? I pretty much would say it definitely looks like 9 o'clock at night. I feel around like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Scott. And what time is it? Uh, I think it's about 9, 9.30. I just uh, sent a text to my stepfather, and he said, just think of it as Mars. Well, I'm not from California, so I feels a little... Let me just tell you, it doesn't usually look like this at yeah, 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> No, I've lived here for five years, but I did wake up this morning and I was like, oh, it's like, it's like home a little. <laughs> Except for Where's home? more red. I'm from Detroit. I don't care if it's a light, if it's a fire. I'm concerned about my breathing because I have an asthma problem. But so far, it's okay. I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. You just heard people on the streets of downtown Berkeley Wednesday morning talking to producer King Kaufman about the eerie darkness that was all over the Bay Area. What caused our creepy, dark orange skies? How long will they stick around? How are people coping when the clock says it's daytime, but the skies say it's night? Chronicle reporter Michael Cabinatuan is here to explain. Michael Cabinatuan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's good to be here. Well, this is a very strange day. I've never conducted a, a noontime podcast in the dark before. Uh, what has your morning been like? Um, you know, I started at 6 a.m. and I thought, you know, it's a little dark, but I guess that happens this time of year. And then seven o'clock rolled around and then eight o'clock rolled around and then nine o'clock did. And I said, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's still dark outside. And I went outside a couple of times and it didn't seem to be getting any lighter. Only in the last hour has it uh, become at least somewhat light. It almost looked like night up until then. Yeah, I was noticing it was getting darker and darker you know, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m. It's finally getting a little bit more orange and less black right now in San Francisco, right. but it's still very, very strange. Yeah, San Francisco um, Giants colors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what are your favorite descriptors of our weird Bay Area atmosphere so far? A lot of people are likening it to living on Mars. Yeah, I've seen a, a, a lot of that. And actually, the first comment I got on our story was someone saying, Oh, come on, don't spoil it with science. And I thought, oh, here we go again. And then he said, <laughs> yeah, my seriously. kids woke up this morning and I told them after that overnight we moved to Mars. <laughs> thought, that's a good one. <laughs> right. I've heard Mordor, um, what else? Blade Runner, Red Dawn, a lot of sci fi references. Oh, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's a weird orange color. I've also heard a lot of people saying that, uh, you know, their phones or their phone cameras, which are not the most sophisticated, can't really capture the color. Some are, you know, too light. It almost looks like a normal day. Others are, you know, are gray or some are like nuclear orange. And it's somewhere in between. Yeah, apparently, um, iPhones especially can't read this weird sky and they're trying to color correct because even the phones know how how weird this is. I also heard somebody call this the pumpkin spice latte apocalypse, which might be my favorite. <laughs> that is a pretty good one. <laughs> so you and Chronicle reporter Steve Rubenstein have a really interesting story up now on sfchronicle.com talking to people about how they're feeling about our, our weird day. Um one of you interviewed a woman who works at a salon um, in San Francisco trying to give outdoor manicures since indoor manicures are still prohibited because of our other major crisis, COVID-19. And then there's a muni driver quoted who had to turn his headlights on at 930 in the morning for the first time ever. What are some other weird stories you've been hearing about? 
Um, you know, everybody seems to be talking about it, and mostly people are just sort of expressing astonishment that they've never seen anything like this before. Um, a couple of interesting things. A lot of people I've or a couple of people I've heard have been saying that their pets have been acting strangely, uh, you know, sort of skittish oh. and that sort of thing. My pets always act strangely, so I'm not sure. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, my tell. cat, who loves staring out the window, uh, seemed kind of edgy this morning. Like whenever I'd touch him, he'd, you know, yowl at me. But, um, mm. I, you know, around here, and I've been going out about every half hour or so just to see how different it is. But I live on a street that's really fairly busy, and I've seen very few people on the street, maybe two or three this morning in a time when I'd usually have seen, you know, dozens. Um, the other thing I noticed is that even the streetlights seem to be confused as to whether it's day or night. Some of them are on and some of them are off. Um, it, it's very weird. Right. Even the bay lights on the Bay Bridge are on this morning, which is very strange. So thinking they're probably on sensors rather than timers. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I remember covering that when they installed those and I think they, they turn on at a, a certain darkness and, uh, turn off at a certain brightness, but that apparently <laughs> hasn't happened yet today. Yeah. We'll be right back for more on our creepy orange skies. But first, here are some more people on the streets of downtown Berkeley. I mean, I know that the fires exist, and I've known that for weeks, so it's not, I mean, I don't know that I have new information. <laughs> so I'm just trying to go about my life. The fact that I, I'm human, I'm, and I understand what's going on, it doesn't make me feel scary at all whatsoever. But you know what, what I feel really bad for? The animals. The animals, they, they're confused. They don't, know, they don't understand what's going on. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. I'm Heather Knight, and I'm back with Chronicle reporter Michael Cabinatuan, who's been covering our startling orange atmosphere, wildfires, PG&E shutoffs, and more. So what are scientists telling you about what is causing these bizarre skies? Um, you know, it's kind of a combination of things, but basically it's the marine layer, which of course broke our heat wave uh, when it rolled in yesterday, and uh, and the smoke. And the marine layer is kind of holding the smoke higher. Uh, you know, it's really kind of protecting us. Thanks, Carl. And uh, so we're not <laughs> smelling the smoke even though we're kind of seeing the uh we're kind of seeing the the smoke or the effect of the smoke so we're kind of looking up through the fog and through the smoke and they're both sort of diffusing the light so that does make it darker but apparently the smoke also scatters uh the blue light and that basically leaves the red and the yellow light which of course make orange um now, I probably should have paid more attention in physics class. I guess that's physics. But, um, I, you know, that's sort of that's my understanding of, uh, you know, why it looks orange or kind of orangish gray out there today is all the blue light okay. is basically being filtered out by the by the smoke and fog. 
Okay, and how long should we expect this to last? I hope you say not very long because it's kind of creeping me out. <laughs> um, uh, nobody, none of the people I've talked to so far really seem to know. I mean, there is some thought that, you know, as the sun rises in the sky, it will brighten up. And it seems to have done that a little. Um, the wind direction is also changing. There were those heavy winds overnight that were... Um, that were uh, offshore winds. When the onshore winds restore, which are typically what happens with the uh, when the marine layer comes in, um, you know that will change things a little bit. Um, temperatures are also dropping, and so that may help. But uh, you know the main thing is uh, there's a lot of fires out there. Um, I heard at last count, and I haven't checked to verify it recently, but there are more than two dozen fires burning in California and probably an equal number in Oregon, Washington, and maybe Arizona. And that's putting out a lot of smoke into the skies. And as a meteorologist told me this morning, uh, more strange stuff is going to happen. Oh, man. Welcome to climate change. Is that what, what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably a big part of it. And welcome to, uh, welcome to a lot of smoke. I mean, frankly, we're kind of lucky right now in that it's all being held up above us. And, uh, you know, that might, when, when the marine layer breaks down a little bit, um, we may start to smell a little of the smoke, especially in higher elevations. Uh, but for those of us lucky to live sort of near the bay, um, we probably won't smell it. Okay. So if we have this marine layer um, below us, is it safe to breathe then? Because the actual like purple air and air now and other air quality sites are showing that the air quality is not actually that bad, even though it looks so disastrous outside. Uh, yeah. I mean, the uh, the people at the air district say, uh, you know, it's moderate and you should be cautious and you should, you know, sort of pay attention to your gut, or I guess I should say to your lungs. Um, obviously, if you sort of get a burning feeling, it's probably not a good idea to be outside going for a run. But um, I, the air quality does seem to be moderate. And in some places, it's actually uh, been good at times. Um, it's relatively safe, but you should keep an eye on it is what I've heard. Yeah. And you also probably need to take your night your night vision goggles out. It's really hard to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and you've had a very busy day already. You're also looking at the related issue of PG&E shutoffs of electricity to keep even more fires from starting in the windy conditions. Uh, what is the latest on that? Well, as forecast, the winds did die down. Apparently, in some places, um, I think Mount St. Helena, uh, places like that, Mount Diablo, uh, they did hit speeds of up to 60 miles per hour or, or greater overnight. But the winds have died down. And so PG&E has basically given the all clear sign, which means that at daybreak, they started inspecting all the lines that were shut off, um, especially in the high wind areas to try to uh, determine whether there was any damage and whether it's safe to turn the power back on. Um, their goal is to have power back on by, uh, they say, the end of the day, um, basically 12 hours from when they started, so maybe around 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. And you're a general, um, general assignment reporter, meaning you cover anything that comes up day to day. Did you ever think that 2020 would be this weird for you to cover the big news of the day? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I figured all this stuff would happen, and I'm going out to buy a lottery <laughs> ticket right now, too. Um, you had your crystal ball. <laughs> no, I wish. It's been an extremely strange year, and who knows what happens next? The thing I always think whenever I hear anyone saying, oh, I can't wait for 2020 to end is, uh, I, you know, who knows what 2021 will bring. Oh, my God. Well, it'll keep you busy, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me today, and I hope that our skies clear up soon. I hope so, too. Uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me, Heather. Thank you to Michael Cabinatuan for joining me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and to you for listening. May we all return from Mars soon. <laughs>